Alrighty folks, how you doing? Welcome back to the True Results 303 Podcast. Once again, I am Russell, your host. I want to thank you for tuning in. Your time is very valuable and you're spending it here. I hope that as we walk this journey together, you are picking up information, little tidbits that are going to help you not only improve your life, but improve the lives of those around you. Because there are times when we need to lead and there are times that we need to follow. And I hope that in listening to these podcasts, following me on social media, it's helping you know when to lead or giving you the motivation to step up and take that leadership role that those most important to you might actually need in their life at this point in time. So don't forget, follow on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, the YouTube channel, and the website, all those links are in the description box. If you visit the website, you can get three free downloads. One is on setting goals, and that's going to help you whether you're just getting into exercise, maybe you fell off the wagon and you haven't exercised in a while, or maybe you're an advanced exerciser, experienced, and you still are missing something. Something's not getting you to that next level. I said there's one on nutrition and on supplementation, giving you some of the basics on what you need and what can be helpful in those areas as well because we all know that nutrition is very important and sometimes supplementation will be needed to create that healthy lifestyle that you are wanting. So right there at the beginning, that's one of my favorite Conscious rappers, they might say. Christian rapper, that's D1 in Lecrae. The song is called Work. That is D-E-E-1. And Lecrae, the song is called Work. So like I said, thank you for tuning in. And let's get in to this episode. Alright folks, so let's get in today's episode of nutritional secrets of the Bible. So this can be very tricky, right? I think like anything else in life, we must be willing to sometimes look deeper into these things. And sometimes in when especially when it comes to nutrition, the Bible can be very vague or it's only like one or two sentences and since we're reading, we try to skip right we, we kind of skip right over it. We don't truly grasp that concept, right? And that's what they say can be the downfall of having that pride of reading the Bible from cover to cover, because it doesn't matter if you read the Bible cover to cover, if you didn't understand the Bible, right? If you don't understand the concepts behind it, who cares how many times you've read it cover to cover? It's better to just read one book and actually grasp the concept of what's going on within that book. And I think with you know, the the Bible not truly having, you know, like nutritional facts. A lot of people are kind of pushed away from Christianity in that sense versus these Eastern philosophies, these Eastern religions. Uh, 
you know, they're very dedicated to those types of things. And when, like I said, we take pride in just saying we've read the Bible and we don't understand it or we skip over these things, we have difficulties with it and it's something that is not as appealing. So... I was going to try to go in order, you know, of looking through these different verses and seeing a good order for them to be placed in, but that just made it a little bit difficult. So I'm just going to go starting from Genesis, wherever I found it, just going straight into the, the New Testament. So we are going to be starting in Genesis, and I've got, let's see here, about 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. I've got 12 verses that we're going to go with here. Bear with me. I did bookmark my Bible, but I am actual, I do have the Bible in hand, so I will be reading directly from it. I kind of got lazy on this one, and I didn't feel like writing down every single verse, all right? So... We're going to start here in one. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read it, give some thoughts, things that come to mind, uh, things that I've heard over the past and other things, and try to combine it all together. So we're just going to start in Genesis 1, right? Genesis 1, 29 and 30. So this one is starting at 29. It says, God also said, see, I give you every seed-bearing plant on all the earth and every tree that has seed-bearing fruit on it to be your food and to all the wild animals, all the birds of the air and all the living creatures that crawl on the earth. I give all the green plants for food. And so it happened. So this one I think very important is we've got to understand, right, that fruits, vegetables are very important. Seeds, which are like nuts and things like that. These things are very important, right? And, and one thing I've always heard best is they say, nowadays we want to have these foods that are seedless, right? We must remember, he says, every seed-bearing plant on the earth and every tree and its seed-bearing fruit. So what is the seed, right? The seed is what helps create reproduction. And in reality, if we are eating these seedless watermelons, seedless grapes, I've even heard when you go into the wild and you actually get a banana these bananas, like real bananas, have seeds in them. So if we are eating seedless grapes, seedless fruit, these are pretty much impotent fruits, impotent plants, plants that are unable to reproduce. So once again, is this something that is uh, creating issues within our own reproductive cells as humans, right? How now we have more infertility than ever. So I think we've got to understand it's a seed bearing. We want those seeds. You know, I think that's the beauty as well. If you get a juicer and you start juicing, you don't have to take the seeds out, right? Unless it's like a peach pit, like those really hard seeds. But you're blending in the apple seeds. You're blending in the the uh, uh, the orange seeds and things like that. And that's why in general, in my opinion, when you're eating an apple, eat the entire thing. Because you want to get those seeds in for me. Get a seedless, uh, a seeded watermelon. Don't spit out those seeds. Eat those seeds. So something to think about there, starting right there at the beginning. Next, we're going to go to, uh, I had Genesis 2 marked here. So this is going to be the, uh, the Garden of Eden, right, when they get expelled. Uh, so this is Genesis 2, 16 through, and 17. The Lord gave to man this order, 
you are free to eat from any of the trees of the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. From that tree you shall not eat. When you eat from this, you shall die. And I put this one in here because I think we've got to understand, right? My podcast, and I believe it's mind, body, spirit, health. And I've heard it said best the other day, the tree of knowledge is what he's talking about here, right? That tree of knowledge. And I've heard it said best that, unfortunately, uh, in today's world with so much information available over the internet, it's almost like there's so much garbage out there. A majority of it is just garbage and opinion. Right, and some of my stuff is opinion as well. It is what it is. But what, like I tell everybody else, even if you don't agree with everything that I put out, there are a lot of great things. So you take what's good and you throw away what's bad. And unfortunately, with the majority of the internet, uh, you know, a majority of it is garbage, and we've just become garbage collectors, just picking up a bunch of crap. So sometimes there is such thing as information overload, too much information. It's that same concept of we can Google anything to where we seem smart, but in reality we don't we don't ever uh, store that information, right? Since the information's right there at the touch of a button, we ourselves are actually quite dumb because we don't actually know these facts. We never remember them because they're right there at the touch of a button. So we ourselves have no need to actually remember things so i think that's something too that food for thought right nourishing the brain is is something um so next we're going to go genesis 3 6 through 7 let's see what this one says the woman saw that the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and the tree was desired for gaining wisdom so she took some of its fruit and ate it and she also gave it to her husband who was with her and ate it then their eyes were both open, both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, so they sewed fig leaves together and made loincloths for themselves. So once again, I think this is going back to that same thing of that too much knowledge can be a difficult thing, right? A bad thing. And then I think this in itself can understand that we, ourselves, got to understand that we can't fall victim to those around us, Right? This is where people will say, oh, this is why woman is bad. That's not what Christians think. You know, in, in some realities, in, you know, in some of the teachings of the church or writers of the famous saints, um, I can't remember if it was Augustine or who it was, they said the reason why the snake went to the woman is because she knew the woman would be able to convince man because that's how much power the woman had. The man... The, the snake knew he couldn't out he couldn't outwit the man, but he knew if he outwitted the or he said I think it was let me see if I can get this right he knew if he could if he could get to the woman he could get to the man but if he got to the man he didn't think he could get to the woman the woman's the one who really had the power right so but once again this is where it comes down to that same concept of who are you hanging out with those are the people you're going to become so that's something we need to be careful of. You know, not not falling victim to uh, trying to fit in, or or anything like that. Um, so next we are going to Genesis nine, two through four. It says, "Fear and dread, fear and dread of you shall come upon all animals of the earth and all birds of the air, upon all creatures that move about the ground and all the fish of the sea. Into your power they are delivered." 
any living creature that moves about you sh shall be yours to eat I give them all to you as I did the green plants so I think this is one right where they say man was created as a as a vegan uh, but then after the downfall of man that sin enters the world now God's like all right the sin is here you know there's there's not much I can do about it or you know it's not in the plan yet you know we don't have that salvation yet so of course now uh, we are able you know I give you the ability to consume the animals and if you you know if you look back they say on you know just the anthropology of man supposedly protein is what helped uh, develop the brain faster so that we could all of a sudden become top of the food chain right that's what they're trying to say some of these people will say and that's why we have become so advanced because of that ability ability to eat meat but when it comes down to it um, what else was I gonna say on this um, oh, living creatures that move shall be yours to eat give them all oh so one thing I've heard when I listen to that vegetarian community vegan community is sometimes right so this is already after Cain is killed Abel all these different things and I think you know some people will say oh well when you when you eat meat right now we have that killer instinct within us you know and I think maybe in general this might have been where God was trying to help remove that sin and that anger and, and those types of things from us he's like all right we have that sin to kill the first sin has already happened murders happened and and you know men are going down that bad route because this is when he is talking to Noah and the covenant with Noah when he's about to destroy the world so he's like all right give them this they can eat meat now maybe that can take away that um, urge for death and sin and killing my own thoughts it just popped into my head actually when I was reading that's the only reason why I decided to put this verse in here because that was something that popped into my head and thinking about when I've heard people say that you know when man eats meat it only more encourages man uh, to kill which I thought was a strange concept but uh, once I read this it was something that I wanted to use to kind of counteract that thought process this is where maybe God might have been thinking and once again the things I say in here are not church teaching it's just my own thoughts right um, so yeah it was God's way of hopefully trying to counteract uh, the sin in the world so next Exodus 23 10 through 13 stick with me folks all right I know right now you're probably thinking this is crazy what the heck's going on right but stick with me there's some good stuff coming up so this one is when it comes to farming right Right now we, you know, they say we're hunter-gatherers. We've, we've always been uh, farmers, agriculture. We eat plants, foods. So this is one I think that if we took serious would be much better for our agricultural part of, the, uh, of society. It says, for six years you shall sow your land and gather in its produce. But the seventh year you shall let the land lie untilled and follow that the poor of your people may eat of it, of their leftovers, the wild animals may eat, so also shall you do in regards to your vineyards and your olive groves. 
for six days you may do your work, but on the seventh day you must rest. <coughs> so, you know, this is what they talk about good farming practices, right? That's why they say now, even in today's world, since we have over farmed our lands, even if you get vegetables and fruits, they're very malnutritioned in themselves. They don't have as many vitamins and minerals as they did, you know, a hundred years ago. And this could be because we are exhausting our lands, right? We're not allowing the land to rest itself. You know, I think a good thing of this is, you know, not only that, he's allowing these, uh, you know, now it's like, okay, you're not going to touch it. And most likely there still will be some, you know, fruits and things that grow from this. But this is a time that you can help the poor and allow them to eat and have their fill. And, and I think a good thing about this, this might be that introduction of fasting, even though I think there might have been other, uh, you know, other times of fasting b before this. But this is a time of fasting for man as well. Right now, this is that feast or famine that we go through. Maybe this intermittent fasting. Times of eating, times of not eating. Um, and once again, it's letting that, that land rest. And then it also talks about the leftovers the wild animals may eat. So me living in Colorado, there is quite a bit of farmland, farmland around. My parents were, my grandparents were ranchers. Right, so what you've got to understand is even if you've planted, you know, sod in your yard, what do you do, right? I did that for many years as a landscaper. You take prep, which is usually dirt mixed in with cow poop, chicken poop, things like that. You throw it out there, you till it into the land, and now um, you're able to refertilize and re and give nutrition to those to the land. And this is another way of letting the animals do that, right? Come through, and it could be a way of aerating, right? That's what they say. It's like natural aeration when the the hooves of the animals come in and dig into the dirt while they are walking. That's natural aeration. Like you aerate your ground in your yard to break up that earth and that soil so stuff can grow in it, right? Because if it gets too compacted, it's not going to be able to grow. So that's why we have to till the land as well in that sense. So I think this is something we've got to understand. If we took this into practice, it would help us greatly in farming. You know, Because now they're starting to say that even without the chemicals and all this, these organic farms, they're starting to be able to almost produce, if not outproduce, these commercial farms when it comes to the food. All right, so next we're going straight into Deuteronomy. We're out of all that. We're going into Deuteronomy 14. I'm probably not going to read uh, much of this one because it is long, but this is where God comes in and he talks about clean and unclean animals on the food you should eat and the food you shouldn't eat. Right? So it says, you shall not eat any abominable things. These are the animals you may eat. Ox, sheep, goat, deer, gazelle, roebuck, the wild goat, the abix, the antelope, the mountain sheep. Any among these animals that has delivered, has divided hooves with the foot cloven in two and that chews on cud, you may eat. You 
But you shall not eat any of the following that chew the cud or have cloven hooves. The camel, the hare, the rock badge, blah, blah. So he goes on, right? Then he says you may eat of all that live in the water. Whatever has both fin and scales you may eat. But all those that lack either fin or scales you shall not eat. They are unclean. Then he goes into the birds as well, right? You shall eat these birds. You shall not eat these birds. Uh, and I think people get, get it misunderstood of why you should eat, why you shouldn't. You know, and then when he goes into the birds, he talks about like vultures and things like that, that you shouldn't eat. Um, but I think we've got to understand that sometimes God made these certain rules so that we or that people would understand that why are these people living differently? You know, now maybe these had uh, diseases and, and stuff like that. I'm not sure. But we've got to understand that God made these rules to be able for people to see the way a certain group of people are living, God's people, and say, why do they do these things, right? So it's just separation to understand that you are different. You are set apart from these. And once again, I think that's where it comes into that fasting, right? Because if, if all else fails and there's nothing to eat, we might as well just eat a vulture, right? Or we might as well eat these unclean animals. But God says no. And once again, it's another way of incorporating fasting within our life um, so that we have a better appreciation when we have that feast and then we can understand that famine and hard times uh, brings value as well. So once again, I think this is just another thing to think about on why we have these rules. So, you know, and that's the same thing. It's I've mentioned before in other uh, podcasts and YouTube videos of why would someone want to be a Christian if what they've seen within you is all that happens is, you know, you go to church, you donate money, and you volunteer your time, but in reality you're still a drunk, you're still an addict, you're still this or that. Why would someone want to do that? Same thing of if living that healthy lifestyle, right? Why would someone else want to work out and exercise and eat healthy and do all these things when they see you doing these things, but you never lose weight, right? It's that same concept of why would you hire a personal trainer that's 50 pounds overweight? You're not going to hire a personal trainer that's 50 pounds overweight, right? He's got to live the lifestyle, have the results. And I think that's what we've got to understand in today's world. When you look at a lot of these nutrition books, they're written by overweight people. Why do you want to take nutrition advice from a person that's overweight? You don't, right? Same thing with a lot of these marriage doctors out there, these love doctors and gurus and things like that, right? These marriage counselors. Uh, I, I've heard before like the one of the most successful uh, marriage counselors or whatever, relationship advice people, has been through like four different marriages. Why do you want to take advice from someone who's been divorced four times? When it, when it comes to relationships, that doesn't make any sense, does it? So I think this is God's way of saying, hey, this is the way it's supposed to be, right? I'm going to separate you. There's times of feast. There's times of famine. We've got to understand these things. I, like I said in a previous video, the way to overcome adversity when it happens, right? The way to overcome, maybe you lose your job. Now you're not able to eat these healthy meals. Well, does it really matter? Because while you were you know, making money, living that healthy lifestyle, there were times where, all you ate was beans and rice once a week, right? So 
when it comes down to now I can't go out to eat, I have to sit at home and live off of ramen noodle and beans and rice because it's the only thing I can afford, it doesn't matter because even though you were successful and you had a lot of money, you were living that way one to, one to two times a week. So it's not that big deal, right? If you're someone who likes to read books instead of watching TV, well, who cares then if uh, you lose your job and you can't afford cable because you never watch TV anyways. Now you just might not be able to buy the books you can go to the library and rent them for free. So I'll end on that one right there. So next is going to be Deuteronomy 22.9. Let's see what it has in store for this one. You shall not sow your vineyard with two different kinds of seeds, or else its produce shall become forfeit, both the crop you have sown and the yield of the vineyard. So this is the one where a while back I thought of maybe this was like a precursor of uh, GMOs, right? You should not have two different things in the same field. Uh, same thing with genetically modified food. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be injecting, um, you know, you shouldn't be injecting uh, pesticide genes within your corn crop. Doesn't that seem weird? Now you're just eating trace amounts of chemicals and pesticides that are born to kill things. Uh, so once again, I think this is, you know, maybe, maybe talking about the dangers of genetically modified foods and why you shouldn't be doing these types of things. You shouldn't be messing with nature. You shouldn't be experimenting, trying to combine and create these new Franken foods, right? Um, so once again, Food for thought, something to think about on that one. So we're getting close, right? We're getting close. We're getting close. So now we are into Ezekiel, right? And this one is Ezekiel 4.9. And this is actually where that bread comes from. People might not have known. If you've never read the Bible, you might not know that this is where they get the recipe for that bread. And most people know that that Ezekiel bread is pretty much one of the healthiest breads that you can eat, right? With those sprouted grains and things like that. And that's where the Genesis earlier, Genesis 29 that I talked about, I didn't even know that till I was with shopping with my lady showing her these breads um, that she had never seen. Um, and that was Genesis 129, which made me, you know, I was like, oh, Genesis 129, what's going on here? Uh, so Genesis 4.9, this is where they get that bead, that uh, recipe for bread. Then take wheat and barley, beans and lentils, millet and spelt, Put them into a single pot and make them into bread. Eat it for as many days as you lie upon your side. 300, and we don't need to listen to that one. But that's where they get this um, uh, this concept for that bread, right? So I think that's very, very interesting um, uh, for that. I thought that was very interesting that they take that old school a recipe right from the Bible. Thought that was awesome. So next, Ezekiel forty-seven, twelve. And there's one I missed earlier. I hope I can find it. Dang it! I wonder where it was. I'll have to see if I can find it later. Later on here, remember it. Um, so now we're going Ezekiel forty-seven, twelve. I put my phone on silent. It was going this whole time. And we're getting close, folks. We're getting close. So, Ezekiel 47, 12. Along each bank of the river, every kind of fruit tree will grow, 
Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fresh fruit, because the water of the river flow out from the sanctuary. This fruit is used for food, and their leaves for healing. So once again, I think it talks about this water coming from that sanctuary. So more of like that purified water. We should have and be consuming as much purified water as possible, or water that is from springs, right? These natural springs, um, because water is very valuable. Of course, then once again, it says their fruit shall be used for food and their leaves for healing. I think we've got to understand this, right? This is coming back to that uh, that holistic approach to medicine and using these herbs, right? They're, they're usually going to say these herbs and spices, the things that you season your food with are the, the real medicine in life, in our life, right? So we've got to make sure uh, that we are uh, using herbs and spices to flavor our foods and it's going to ensure that our health is better i don't know why that one's in there so i'm missing one okay so we're getting there we got two more next is daniel 1 12 through 16 so Please test your servants for ten days. Let us be given vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then see how we look in comparison with the young men who eat from the royal table. And treat your servants according to what you see. He agreed to this request and tested them for ten days. After ten days, they looked healthy. They looked healthier and better fed than any of the young men who ate from the royal table. So the stewards continued to take away the food and wine they were to receive and give them vegetables, right? So once again, I think this is very important that that uh, you know we we eat like that, right? We've got to understand that he's pretty much saying because this is where uh, Daniel was told to eat with the king for some reason. I didn't read that far up, but uh, oh, he was going to give him food to eat and stuff like that, and Daniel knew. The importance of that so he said no I don't want to eat that stuff you know and I like I said before that's what happens in America right the land of plenty we've got so much to eat but yet we're so sick and obese and overweight and all Daniel said was no I don't want to eat like the king eats I don't want to eat like his servants eat I want to eat like uh, you know like a peasant like like a, a simple person and the guy noticed that they were healthier and better fed than the young man who ate from the royal table. So once again, it's something to think about when consuming these foods. Sometimes these franken foods and having the best cuts of steak and all these things are not are not good, right? And that's what I was going to mention earlier, which I forgot now that I, that I got it here. Um, these meats, right? You've got to understand that when they these cows and stuff are corn-fed, that's another downfall of why our nutrition and our soils are struggling today. Because yes, we're still out there fertilizing them with, uh, you know, the cow poop and stuff as fertilizer, but unfortunately they're corn-fed, and that is a, a, not the natural diet of these animals. So you're going out there and you're throwing you know, the feces and, and the fertilizers of 
sick animals upon the land and tilling it into the land. So we've got to be careful as well. When we're, when we're getting these grain-fed cows, that's not the natural uh, food for these animals. And these animals are sick, and now we're eating these sick animals, which was the one I was going to get to with that other Bible verse that I couldn't, re couldn't remember to mark. Um, but <coughs> once again, it's, it's definitely something we've got to think about. You know, riddled all in the Bible is fruits and vegetables, plants, leaves, herbs, these types of things. So these are the things that we need to be um, looking for, right? And we've got one more, but I'm skipping through here real quick, trying to find the one verse that I wanted to get that I forgot. Maybe it's this Genesis 9. Nope, that was Noah again. Um, so next is going to be, I'm coming back to a Catholic uh, uh, teaching, right? I'm looking this up right real quick. <coughs> okay, so here it is. I'll look this one up real quick, I think. Genesis, and I had it over here to the side. I just didn't mark it for some reason. So Genesis 25, um, 32. So I'm going to go back real quick before I get into that one. Genesis 25, uh, 32 through 34. I don't know why I didn't mark this. I don't remember reading this. Uh, so this is Jacob and Esau, right? So it says, Jacob replied, uh, so here it is, 30. He said to Jacob, let me gulp down some of, some of the red stuff. And this is where they say it's like lentil soup. I am famished. This is, this is why he was called Edom. But Jacob replied, first sell me your birthright, at your, your right as firstborn. Look, said Esau, I am on a point of dying. What good is the right as firstborn to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he sold Jacob his first right as firstborn under oath. Jacob then gave him some bread and the lentil stew. And, and Esau drank, ate, drank, got up, and went away. So Esau treated his right as firstborn with disdain. So once again, I think this is what we've got to understand that we, this in reality comes to down to, uh, Comfort eating, right? E emotional eating, right? I'm on the verge of dying. This is what I tell you know people all the time. Like, oh, I need to eat. I'm starving to death. You know, and it's like no. In reality, you're not. In reality, I myself, not being too overweight, could easily go seven days without eating right now. Would my stomach hurt? Uh, would I be uncomfortable and things like that? Yes, but in reality, I could literally go without eating for seven days and be just fine, right? So once again, it's that same concept of we need to be fasting and the importance of it, right? No, no emotional eating, none of these types of things. We need to make sure that the best way I've heard it said is we need to make sure that we are making our bodies our slaves, not becoming slaves 
to our bodies, right? And if we can understand that concept, once again, we will definitely be healthier, mind, body, and spirit, right? Because we don't, that's what they say even when it comes to these endurance events and you're running and doing all these things is usually your mind's going to break, right? When you when you feel like giving up, you've really only gave about 40 to 50%, right? Your body's capable of, of much more. It's your mind that breaks down first. So we've got to understand that. And then I'm ending it with this one. All right, we've discussed all these different uh, farming practices and nutritional uh, secrets within the Bible once we dive a little bit deeper. And I think what we can all agree on is that what you put in your body matters, right? It's going to create a healthier you when you actually eat healthy, right? So in reality, coming from the Catholic point of view of eating the body and blood of Christ, doesn't that mean that it only makes sense if there is a God that we must consume his body as well to become holy, to become like God? Because giving our body the correct food that grows from this earth makes our body stronger. So doesn't it only seem spiritually correct that we must consume the body and blood of God? And this is where we come into John six fifty two through 57. It says, The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I am and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me and I have life, because of the Father, so also the one who feeds on me will, ha will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still died, whoever eats this bread will live forever. These things he said while teaching in the synagogue. So once again, I think it only makes sense, right? If these, uh, if the earth itself feeds this body, I think it's only right that there is some form of spiritual food. And, you know, this is another reason why I think that Catholic teaching, that Christianity Catholic teaching of, of consuming the body and blood of Jesus is, you know, that pinnacle of nutritional spiritual food. And that's how it's ending, folks. I hope you were able to stick through it. I know that was long. Um, if you stood through the end, I think there was some great stuff. I know there in the beginning it was a little bit slow. Uh, but I hope it brought value in some way, shape, or form. So once again, thank you for tuning in to this episode. Don't forget to follow on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Google+, the YouTube channel. Those links should be in the description box. If you're on iTunes, please leave a review. It will help greatly. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Share and like it.